0: This show is funded by listeners. To get involved and to get this show early every single week, head over to patreon.com slash okbeast. What is going on everybody you are listening to episode 189 of the OKVs podcast a weekly show where we get together to talk about the biggest topics in video games and nerd culture today we're going to be covering Tony Hawk's Pro Skater coming back Paper Mario the Origami King uh, the first glimpse at Unreal Engine 5 uh, and Ghosts of Tsushima uh, and a lot more I'm one of your hosts Alex Van Aken and this week I'm joined by my stepdad the man who's married to my mother Brandon Wilson. What is going on, Brandon? I am here. You are here? I'm here too, dude. And I've got let me tell you what, I've got air conditioning now in real oh life. I've got central air in my new apartment. What? This is the first the first recording. Normally, Stepping you know, it's starting up. to get I know it's starting to get into the summertime. I'd be sweating right now in my shorts, like in my baking <laughs> in my house, because I had I I had a hot house. That was <laughs> don't, happening don't earlier. Don't believe I said, it, you folks. Know there's no shorts involved. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right but now i can I, earlier i was like i'm a little hot well let me turn on the ac my friend man it is a good day indeed and it's a great day because we are joined by ian Preschel. what is going on ian Poggers. Poggers. what's going Poggers.
1: on here? um nothing much bro i've just been i've been vibing i've been hanging you know everyone's got a southern twang this week so you know man i'm oh, gonna wow. bust mine out
0: you know it's going to be a good episode when Ian busts out the Southern twang.
1: Yeah, you know how it is. Totally not offensive and hurtful to those who be, people who live in the south. Yeah. Um no, I'm doing good, man. How are you? I want to ask how you're doing. How's your uh, ass sticking to that gamer chair? <laughs> Dude, it's doing good, man.
0: <laughs> I've been in the middle of moving all week. We we officially moved to our new apartment like I said. My everything's in boxes still, but I'm slowly we're so, slowly assembling uh, our our condo so like our kitchen's done our living room is like 75 percent done the rest is still a wreck but we're getting there one day at a time just trying to find space for all of my stuff and uh, figuring out like the best places to put it you know where am i gonna put my comic books where am i gonna put my game consoles I, that's actually <laughs> the important question uh, yeah that's actually something i need to figure out because right now Um, they're still in their box because I have no place. I got rid of the old piece of furniture that my console sat on. So i got to figure that out, but, but, uh, it's a good day. Uh, it's been a good week. I haven't played many games, unfortunately. Um, I, I think I dabbled in some Valorant here and there, but for the most part, I've just been unpacking and stuff. Um, but I think Ian, you've been playing games, right? I have been playing the video, James. I I know you've been playing, you've been streaming final fantasy seven. And Me? I saw on Twitter that you were trying to go meet Sephiroth in your, in your I've last been, stream.
1: I've been using that joke for weeks now. I'm like, off to kiss my boyfriend Sephiroth. Off to go meet my real dad Sephiroth. Like, that's like the, the opening line to the stream. Streams at twitch.tv slash Ian. Why not? Do you, is, um, have you
0: found Seth, Sephiroth? I
1: thought you were going to say Seth Roth. I was like, who's Seth Roth? Seth Roth. Um, have you found Seth Rogen? I did, but I, I did find Seth Rogen. Um, no, but... Here's I wanted to talk about Final Fantasy because... Um, so everyone knows about the minor spoilers for Final Fantasy. This is the only spoiler that ever comes up whenever Final Fantasy is talked about. There is a major character death. Yes, I know who it is. Yeah, I'm not going to say it out loud, but there is... That's the one thing like, oh, man, don't spoil it. Everyone, that's the best part. Gah. And that's a huge thing. I've hit... I've hit past that. <laughs> I don't know why he's offending boys. whoever he can offend. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying like, I'm no, I'm just saying early like in just, the podcast as possible. No, no. I'm, I'm just trashing po- somebody's <laughs> favorite
0: game moment. <laughs> Let's get no, those I'm that saying out the away. pop
1: culture. Well, it'll make sense when I get to it. So, like, in, in the pop culture associated with this game, that is like a huge moment. Um, and I get that it is a very impactful and intense moment. But, like, I've hit about, like, I think, four I don't know, like four to six hours after that. And something like the story has progressed to the point where that moment seems laughably tame and laughably trite in comparison to what is happening. Like it now I'm at the point of the story where like that character death means absolutely nothing. And it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's just very strange that like culturally, this is what we remember about it. But like, the stuff that happened after the fact is like ten times more intense,
0: ten times weirder. Like out there, like I, I don't know. Like does does that make sense at all? Or yeah, I guess I had always thought that that moment, the death of that one character that shall not be named, was at the end Voldemort. of the game. I thought that it was at the end of the game. I didn't know there was stuff after that. Just on the way that the way that people talk about that game.
1: Yeah, and like the thing about me that's weird is that like I'm a big RPG person, but I think I only became an RPG person. In the grand scheme, like generally when I became an adult, um, I pretty much only played Pokemon until I was like, in terms of the RPGs that I played, like Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, and then Pokemon was like my big thing. Um, so to come to this game as an adult, like knowing all the stuff that kind of permeates through pop culture and permeates through osmosis, um, it's weird what people have attached themselves to years later, right? And... I think that the story beats that I'm hitting now are just so much more crazy. But maybe it would be different for me as a kid playing that game and then have that big character moment happen and the the feelings associated with it. Like Maybe that just dulls everything after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a strange uh, social experiment playing that game in front of people and playing that game in the modern day without any real context to it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: People are just sitting there like, cry monkey cry and you're like
1: oh, well that, well, i mean so yeah kind of, well, not even that like i think it's it's interesting because there are some like i would say like 70 percent of the people that are watching have already beaten the game and then yeah. like there's a solid 30 percent that are actually experiencing it with me so like those who haven't experienced it are like right there with me they're like wait what what is happening and then the people that have already experienced it are like ooh, he's getting to this part, right? Like, its, it's like a—it's—it's it's strange. Like, I've never really had this moment happen before in terms of streaming, in terms of anything. Like, where there's like a split in the audience of like people that are invested in my reaction and then invested in the story, devoid of my reaction. You know?
0: Yeah. Now, where does I know Advent Children is a thing? I watched that actually as a in like high in middle and I school. I think. So I so Final Fantasy Seven has like the main
1: game advent children crisis core i think and i think crisis core is a is crisis is core after about mako oh, i mean it's all about mako oh okay um but i think that <laughs> crisis uh, yeah i don't i think that i think that crisis core i think is maybe one of them is a prequel one of them is after i think uh, uh, i can't remember which is
0: which but yeah like but yeah interesting well um, anything else you have been playing this week I, I think I've me and Brandon are sitting here with our, with uh, twiddling twiddling our thumbs because we've been we've been a little busy this week. We haven't been able to play many games, so we're bro, relying you on you gaming? to take you us to the game. Gaming, bro, to the game
1: zone. Um, God, what was the there? Everyone has this one that one arcade in their town that like no one goes to anymore, and like that's what the game zone sounds to sounds like. Oh yeah, for, everybody had a game zone or sports. Um, what was mine called? It was like Sports World, I think is what it was called it was like an arcade and like indoor
0: roller coaster sort of thing or whatever. Mine were always the arcades I used to go to were all like part of like an indoor mall. I, mm. I, they just had like arcade above them. Like <laughs> there was never, like, was arcade <laughs> with like some I, I, yeah. 90s, like triangle design going on. Mm. Um, behind it, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, oh, we should uh, do a whole episode. Like looking back at like uh best arcade games. There was like this one on rails shooter, that happened and you were like going through like this skyscraper and helicopter is this time crisis?
2: Yes. It sounds like time crisis. No, I remember
0: time crisis. Um, there were multiple.
2: There were multiple.
0: Yeah. This was a little different. I thought I could be wrong. This might, it might've been a different time crisis. The time crisis I remember was a specific level where you're playing on like a beach and like going to like Hmm. a mansion and on the sand. Does that sound like you're in like these Sandy ruins, like going through? no, not earnestly no idea like <laughs> no worries um, um but, but what yeah. were you saying before i interrupted you
1: uh no i was saying i've been i've been gaming and i've been gaming with um gaming with some risk of rain too that's rad
0: yeah have you guys played this game before or no i i've wanted to i actually bought it uh and then didn't have anybody to play with so i returned it <laughs> um and Rip. that's kind of my extent it seems like a game i would love like it's all about like these crazy game systems and like picking up items that like let you break the game and like all these interesting Mm -hmm. ways. Um, I think I would probably love it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, that's kind of part of what you, part of what you said does kind of uh, relate to the game. Uh, So it's risk of rain. One was a rogue. I always get mixed up rogue, light, rogue, like whatever you want to call it. Uh it. It's one of those games where you, every run is different. There's tons of randomness to it. And every run you're supposed to get a certain amount of items that help you get gain power to see how deep you can go or how far you can progress in uh, each level. Um, Risk of Rain 1, and I think this is the most interesting thing about it, is that Risk of Rain 1 was 2D. Okay. Risk of Rain 2 is 3D. And yeah, just takes all those cool systems that you find and like tons of roguelikes and kind of smashes them all together um, and kind of adds elements of like Overwatchian sort of gameplay and stuff like that. That is very fun. Uh, You have, I think, eight survivors, what they call our characters, you can play. Each of them has a wildly unique and wildly different play style and completely change the way you play. Like classes or just like... not classes. Oh, I mean, they're they're unique characters. They all have different names or whatever. Like one's the yeah. Commando, one's um, called Rex, one's called Acrid. Like they all have like, they're all characters that exist in the Risk of Rain mythos or whatever you want to call it. Um, and so pretty much the way that the game plays, and I'll explain how the characters work through this. Um, so the the way it works is that you start the game, you kind of land in this teleporter thing or this um, drop ship. You get off the drop ship and you have to find what's called the teleporter. Okay. Once you find the teleporter, you activate the teleporter and then you have to defeat a boss and stay within the teleporter zone for, I think it's a hundred seconds or like, yeah, it's a hundred seconds or sorry, it's a hundred percent of this bar or whatever. Okay. I think it might be like a minute or something. And both things need to be complete for you to get to the next level. So I just sorry, three things. You have to find the teleporter, activate it and stay in the teleporter and defeat the boss. Okay. So those are the things you need to do to to progress. And then... You continue to do that level by level. The teleporter is never in the same place. You never land the same place. The items are never consistent. Even where the items drop are never consistent. Um, so it's all about finding the items that work for your playstyle, the items that work for your character, the items that um, that you need based off the playstyle that you're currently trying to adapt to, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thinking on the fly and kind of micromanaging what is the best item for what situation is very, very fun to me and kind of plays into, like, the chaotic nature of, of me as a person. Yeah. Like, nothing is stagnant. Nothing is the same way. It's always, like, okay, well, I'm running this character. Like, the divergent thinking that you need is, like, perfect for the way that my brain thinks. So, like, alright, well, I have... The fire can that lights enemies on fire. I have the bleeding sword that makes enemies bleed when I hit them. Okay, well, if I keep on stacking this, then I can keep on getting more damage over time. Okay, well, I have enough damage here. Let me get a health item over here. Like it's the the thing you need to do is super fun. And it really like engages you. And I think it's a very, very fun game to play with and without friends. I played a lot solo yesterday. And I played a little bit with Mufasa and Johnny Hayes on Sunday. It was so much fun um but the character so this is the thing that is i think the most fun aspect of it okay um, and i think that you guys would actually really like it too so you start off with one guy his name is the commando uh and he has a normal right attack or right trigger which is just him shooting two guns akimbo okay. over and over again doesn't yeah. need to reload um that's his right trigger his uh I can't think of the buttons, but another his like basic abilities is that he has a dodge roll. So he can dodge roll to the left, right, forward, back, whatever. That's Mm -hmm. his mobility skill. Then he has a laser beam on the left trigger. That is a blue laser beam that can go through terrain and goes through enemies. So let's say you like have a bunch of enemies lined up together. You shoot the blue laser beam. It goes through all of them and damages them equally. Um, Or if you see there's like a boss through on the other side of a rock, you can see them still over the rock. You shoot through the rock. Boom, it damages them uh his final ultimate ability is um he shoots his guns really quickly like revolver style and stuns any enemy that's hit with it and also does damage um so and and what i mean by ultimate is not it's not like once every minute it's like once every eight seconds or nine seconds or whatever so you're kind of constantly sort of micromanaging okay well the guy's about to do a laser beam because i can see the reticle coming at me okay let me dodge roll this way okay well if I stun him, then I can stop him from shooting the laser beam or I can dodge out of the way, or I can do a laser beam to kill him quickly or whatever. Um, And yeah, that's just the most basic character with, with the least going on is what I'm describing just now. (laughs) Um, And like, then let's, let me think of the, who the most complicated character is probably the third character, whatever you unlock and you unlock the characters by like doing certain missions in the world. And, And unlocking random things, like there are like hidden worlds you can get to to unlock random characters. It's very very cool. Um, But that's the easiest character. And the last thing I'll say is that the most complicated character that I played is this robot. And it's like this robot that has two different types of weapons. Like one is like a sniper rifle that you can launch from very far away. The other one is like an SMG. Uh, You have an ability that transforms you into like a little go kart thing. Like you you kind of like turn your body really small and then you go super fast. And anything that you hit gets damaged and then anything that is bigger than you gets stunned um and then that's your there's that and there's another ability i can't think of uh but anyway regardless like there are weapons there are so many different intricacies based off of different characters where like you can mix and match different characters and even if you just play one character the way the items work is that you'll never have the same run twice so it's always this new refreshing experience that i'm coming back to day after day and just never losing steam with because it's just so much fun
0: Never losing steam, playing it huh? on
1: Steam, and it's twenty dollars on Steam if you want to go and get get that.
0: Yeah, I think I'm gonna get it. Um, I re- I watched a lot of videos about this, like back when it first came out. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this like looks like my kind of game, especially mm-hmm. the dude. There's like a guy, the samurai guy, the person with the blade. Um, mm-hmm. just looks like super fun to me. Um, and all the different mm-hmm. classes, really. But I think I'm gonna, I think I'll get it again, and maybe we can play it tonight if you're down dude
1: i would be so down for that and speaking of the, the the sword guy the sword guy i feel like you would absolutely love alex just because and i guess the, the final thing i'll say about the game is that the stupid shit you can do in this game is hysterical <laughs> because i was playing with mufasa on stream on sunday and i'm playing like the most basic guy just shooting two guns like not even like trying to do anything crazy and i like mufasa where are you i can't see you on the map and I'm fighting this giant like jellyfish boss. It's floating in the air. Like it had to be like maybe a hundred feet in the air. He's like, look up, dude. And then I look up (laughs) and I see the jellyfish floating. And all I hear is like sing, 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 (laughs) sing, 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 sing. And I'm like, how did you get up there? He's like, I got this dude. And he just keeps on hitting. Like, it's like a Naruto battle up on top. And I'm like fighting like boots on the ground, like Call of Duty style, trying to fight off these like smaller guys in the bottom. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, perfect like i think someone on stream said the other day a hangout game like i think someone popped in and was like is this one of those hangout games i've been hearing about and i was like yeah this is totally it like just vibing with your friends hanging out doing your thing like the objectives aren't that hard and like the stupid shit that happens is like perfect for just kind of kind of just relaxing with your buds during these quarantine times so i highly is recommend is there
0: it. is there cross play because that would be breaking off. Awesome. we I get i don't know that mm. i don't know um i do
1: know that it's available on the squanch um but i don't know if there's cross play let me look it up
0: hopefully um i think i saw the other day epic was releasing their cross-platform technology mm-hmm. uh in 20 was it 2020 right or 2021 was it available now do you remember brandon uh
2: i think it's available
0: soon i think okay yeah it had a name for it um and i'm I think I retweeted it. Let me go to my. This whole show is just us going back to our Twitters. Um, yep. Epic Online Services launches, giving other players access to Fortnite-style crossplay and more. So yeah, it's launched now. It's compatible right now with Switch, PlayStation, PC, and Xbox, uh, and they're gonna like roll it out to I think iOS and Android later. But so that tech is out there now. Hopefully, we see companies like like a perfect example. I think Risk of Rain Two would be great to take advantage of that that and like let people play together, especially because it's not. It's a co-op game, right? You don't have to worry about like, you know, splitting your player base or making people feel like uh, if there's like some other player has an unfair advantage, like you can just mm. like let people play together. And I hope it's that's one of those games that that does that for sure.
1: Yeah. The only issue is that it's uh, early access. Ah, I see. Okay. So I think the PC is ahead of the the consoles, so like it would be hard for crossplay to happen until it hits 1.0. But then when it hits 1.0, hopefully in July. Then maybe there's there's talks of that. um Oh, and sorry, every couple of months, like two months, they release a new survivor, a new character that you can play, and that completely reach like changes the game up completely. So, totally mm. worth the investment, I think. Dope. Yeah.
0: Well, let's get into the announcements uh, because we've got a lot of news actually to cover. So we'll get to some housekeeping and then uh, get into all of the fun stuff. Uh, of course, if you enjoy this show, you want to support us and get the show early every single week head over to patreon.com slash throws three dollars a month and you can listen to the show early every week and support us in the process um and maybe you want shirts merch all that fun stuff okbeastcom slash store uh, and then don't forget for the month of may we're donating all of the revenue earned from our supporter creator code which is okay beast now um, to covid19 relief efforts so uh, if you're shopping on the epic game store or in fortnite Make sure to use code OKBeast now for your creator tag. And then don't forget, to follow us on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at It's Van Aken. Ian is at Ian, why Not. Brandon is at RebelRed6. Uh, and uh, of course, follow OKBeast at OKBeastNow. Uh, review, subscribe to OKBP on iTunes. Share it with a friend. All that fun stuff. We'll be sure to read off any new reviews that we get. Uh, and then lastly, head over to OKBeast.com and YouTube.com slash OKBeast. Check out all the content. I've got a new video dropping in the coming days. Uh, trying to get them up every other week right now uh, and seeing if I can hit that frequency. Uh, and then, of course, OKBeast.com slash Discord is where you can go to uh, join the community, talk about games. It's a great place to be. So uh, come join the Discord server. Uh, I think that's it for, for announcements this week. Um, let's get into the news. First of all, this, oh my gosh, dude, this first one. I, would, I think this is Monday morning, Tuesday morning, something like that. I think it was Tuesday. This got announced and I flipped. I was like pooping and, and was watching this unfold and was just <laughs> losing my mind on the toilet, dude. <sighs> God, losing my this mind comes from the on verge. the toilet. Tony Hawk's pro skater one and two are being remastered for mm-hmm. PS4, Xbox one and Uncle PC. Anthony, dude, two classic games remastered for $40 bundled together. Uh, so this was the first announcement, uh, part of Jeff Keighley's summer game fest, which I've been enjoying watching, um, throughout the week. And I think the is idea it, is like,
1: what's up? Is it called, is it called Jeff Keighley's summer games week? No, no. It's oh, summer okay. game
0: fest. I was like, I was like, did this guy credit his own own name? <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Hideo Kojima presents Jeff Keighley's summer game fest. Summer game times. God so yeah tony hawks pro skater one and two are being remastered are you guys excited for this mm-hmm. i hope you are
2: yes i am oh my
0: gosh dude i've been waiting for to- a new tony hawk game really i've been waiting for a tony hawk remaster let's be honest um and for it, a long it, time it
2: looks it looks crispy and yeah, they so got I linked it and they got create a park
0: oh yeah dude and, and you can share create a park online oh yeah dude oh man online multiplayer i'm excited man me too um and if you, if you go to the show notes on your podcast app and click on the Tony Hawk show note, the the link that I put in there, there's like a graphic comparison where they have screenshots of the old game and the new game, and you can like compare them side by side uh, and see the difference. And it is wild, dude. I'm, I'm so excited. So the remake is being done by Vicarious Visions who did, um, the crash remaster. Uh, I believe they did. Did they do Spyro as well? Um, maybe not, maybe, maybe they just did crash, but regardless, um, they did the crash remaster, which was awesome. Um, and, uh, and so now like the, seeing the, the comparisons of old graphics versus new, uh, is just mind boggling seeing how far we've come, uh, as far as technology goes, but especially something like, I always see these, these sorts of like remasters and it's like, Oh, check out this remaster of, I don't know, in certain game here. Uh, resident evil. How about that? I don't really, I never played those games with kids. So I don't really have a, a frame of mind. Tony Hawk. I put hundreds of hours into, um, and so like seeing the difference to me, like I, I finally feel that, that huge impact, I guess shadow of the Colossus. I, I like really recognize like the impact on that, but Tony Hawk seeing like these classic environments, um, where I still recognize them. Like I can tell you, Oh, that's warehouse. Um, but being totally redone, new lighting, new textures, new character models, everything its just, it's kind of mind boggling to me. Um, and I'm excited. So I think the idea is that they are, I was watching like the interview, um, with the person from, uh, Vicarious Visions, Jeff Keighley and Tony Hawk. And I apologize. You mean, I don't uncle, know An- the, you mean uncle Anthony? Uncle Anthony. I apologize. I don't know the rep's name. Um, but, um, but yeah, so these people were talking and interviewing each other about, kind of what the vision was for this new remaster. And they were saying that, number one, remastered graphics, obviously. Number two, updated controls, um, you know, our controllers and just, you know, that tech in general has come a long way. So they want it to feel good as well. You don't want to be playing this beautifully remastered game that feels like trash. So that's a big priority for them. And then they're implementing a lot of tricks that came in later in the series into these games. So like the revert, for instance. I don't think that came to Tony Hawk until THPS 3. But they're adding it in in Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two, so that players can do a lot of tricks um, from the older games as well. Because they were saying like people mm. people don't remember that oh the Christ air that was implemented in whatever game you know or uh, they didn't use that as as an example. I just I mean the Christ it, way we way. all
1: we all know when the Christ air was implemented. <laughs> that was it was that's why we call it you know BC
0: <laughs> before Christ air.
1: Yeah, before BCA before Christ air.
0: And so it it seems like it seems very exciting. Forty dollars. It's a company that knows what they're doing in terms of remasters. It's a classic game that I love from my childhood. Um, And man, I'm so so excited. Forty dollars, man.
1: I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm still thinking about the Christ Air. Is the Christ Air possible? Have we checked this? Uh, Let me. Have we done the numbers on this? Is Christ Air? Awesome. Alex, I think that you're on Christian Google. It might actually send you <laughs> to a different website. I think these
0: are all based on real tricks, aren't they? I think so. But I think some have to be made up, right? I don't think so. I think all those tricks were real. Really? Besides like Spider-Man, you know. I mean, I've me. done a
2: Christ Air before.
0: I'm looking if at you, people <laughs> doing Christ Christ Airs on YouTube, I think. If I hold a ski Oh, oh, here we go. Bob Bernquist. World's oh, first Bobby B? backflip. Big old Bobby B. Lowercase B, uppercase Dude, I B. About doing I used to play as him and Tony Hawk. I used, who did I used him to play and, as?
1: I him and Bucky Lasik.
0: Yeah, Ooh. Bucky. Yo, I love I love all the really crazy white names you get in these games. Bob Margera. Although didn't he turn into like a trash person?
2: Bam, margera. bam Bam,
0: not bob bam, bob, bob is margera robert please, margera. Bob is my father isn't that his please. dad for real though could you play him, uh, maybe maybe no, yeah thought- bam was in one of them yeah i think bam is in uh underground one underground
1: yeah, yeah yeah i think he was
0: like one of the faction leaders in yeah, underground. yeah he was, he was. <laughs> wait didn't that game have factions am i drunk or was that actually a thing there was definitely like some sort of like pseudo gang war happening and it was like, hey man, go like skate up on top of that dome to prove you're worth. You're worthy. Of yeah. Work. It's like we're,
1: like we're 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 bam in the Gnar shredders. You go up to the top of that dome. You fucking shred the hardest nar, and then you join our crew, bro. If you grind in like,
0: that cop car, you will join our our, our group. And I was like, okay.
1: They were gonna say Discord server. <laughs> if you <can> grind in <laughs> that cop car, you can join the Discord server. <laughs> no, it's like, it, yeah, it was like bam in the nar shredders, and then like Tony and the Christ airs, and there was like that was like the heaven and hell version of Tony Hawk. Um, but no, like I was talking about the Christ Dare. there. There's a joke that I was going to make. We did that. Well, I was going to ask you another question. Um, are they going to do this for underground? Cause I, I know about one and two for sure. But like in my head, the ones that I care about are like the later ones. Did they the mention that I
0: want to is three in underground as well. Um,
1: I want thug. Yeah. Tony Hawk's underground.
0: Yeah. I want yeah. thug and thug two. I want three. Th- I, want, I want all of them up till thug two. Um, okay. I imagine if this does well there's some sort of demand, right? Like you'd think like, Oh, but is
1: there, that's the question is that like, that's been the thing in the back. I of think it'll like, determine, NBA.
2: it'll be determined by whether or not this one is, is good or not.
1: Yeah. So like yeah. they've, they've tried I mean, like, the to bring thing, Tony
2: Hawk back a couple times and it hasn't gone well. So
1: yeah, because they've done it in a shitty ass way. Right. Uh, hopefully this is like, like uh what did they have? Like the board peripheral for one of them it was like Tony Hawk velocity or something or Tony Hawk ride or something. Where they had like a big balance board peripheral. Yeah, Yeah. it was ride. Yeah. I just literally want, I want the team from skate to go over to the team from Tony Hawk. And I just want to take their two heads, like the pigeons from the Mike Tyson meme and just be like, Kith, just you guys come together, get Anthony, get uncle Anthony in the room and then use the mechanics from skate. And then just make a story about being a skater and joining the NAR shredders. And then that's where I'd be the happiest. (laughs) (laughs) Because yeah. I, really I don't really connect that much with Tony Hawk gameplay after Skate. Does that I make saw sense rumor,
2: I saw a rumor, and I don't, know, I don't know what's behind this, but I saw a rumor on Twitter that the um, Skate servers had been fired back up at Electronic
1: Arts. That game revolutionized the way I thought about skating games. Like, I, I couldn't go back is what I'm saying, and I'm afraid that when this game comes out, I can't go back to the normal Tony Hawk way. I've been dying to go back to the normal Tony Hawk way. No, no. Offense. Really? Look at like
0: racing games. There's like SIM racing, you know, uh, like Gran Turismo. And then there's more arcade racing, something like Forza horizons. Yeah. And I think, I think both are fun. And I think, you know, that applies to skating games as well. I think they're few and far between anyways, like having one skate game be more, I mean, I know there's like uh, what skater XL and, Skate store, skate session. I think there's a few session, ones, yeah. yeah.
1: Session, session yeah. is like skate, essentially the same mechanics at least.
0: Yeah, um, and then Tony Hawk like being arcade like button mashy. I, I think that's fun. Um, and I think there's room for both, honestly. Like, like I, it's not like something where there's not really a ton of market saturation. You know, granted, there's like some cool indies coming out, like like we said, session, Skate XL, Skatebird, but for the most part, like that. There's a lot of space for for everyone, I think. Still, so mm. I'm down with it. But yeah, um, well, cool. Let's get into the next news story. Uh, the next big thing we woke up today, actually, to this news. Uh, I was this confirms news that we talked about uh, on the show uh, a few months back. Um, Paper Mario, the Origami King, revealed with a July launch date. Um, this is this this is wild. July so back is hot. And people remember. Yeah, it is Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Paper Mario. If people remember a couple of months back, there was those reports that um, Nintendo was releasing a new Paper Mario game and they were remastering uh, several old Mario games um, for the 35th anniversary, which takes place July 14th. I think this game comes out,
2: I think it's the same day as uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which is the 17th, I think.
0: So this is happening the week of Mario's 35th anniversary. This confirms the news that there is a new Paper Mario game coming. Um, it looks really fun. Like, there's, I guess, have you, have, Ian? Have you, um, are you? I think you're the only person here who's played Paper Mario. If I'm.
1: Yes, I have. Yes. Have I you, have. Brandon? No, I, 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 I really never have. I like always to, wanted but, to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's all new, all new story, characters, um, and it's like a pretty much like there's these like regular Paper Mario people, two dimensional paper cutouts versus these new 3d origami menace. Uh, and are like trying to k- take over Princess peach's castle and all that. Um, but there's from looking at like the gameplay, there's, there's like boulders. That, there's a lot of different gameplay elements. It seems like there is like platforming. There's like this turn-based combat that is like you rotate like this radial dial. There's a section that looks like final fantasy sevens, open world where you're like running around as paper mario on this giant overworld and uh i guess the new the new mechanic is the 1000 fold arms ability which gives mario the ability to extend his arms to solve puzzles and unlock like secret areas but i highly recommend people checking out the trailer it looks a lot like a lot of fun i'm excited um this this shot up on my list granted we're going to talk about ghost of tsushima here in a little bit um that shot up on my list as well so, July looking looking very tasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm excited, and, man. And
2: right? I will say, boys, July mm. happens to be the month that someone was born. Mm-hmm. I'm not naming any names or anything, but. Some might
0: say July 31st.
2: Some would definitely say that.
0: We'll have to get you a birthday present, Brandon.
1: Yeah, we'll get you a birthday present. That's a given, bro.
0: Um, Next one comes, Uh, this comes from The Verge. Uh, written by uh Nick Stat the headline reads Epic Games announces Unreal Engine 5 with stunning PlayStation 5 demo um Epic says this new engine is going to be a quantum leap and it will arrive in 2021 So did you all watch this this demo uh that happened mm-hmm. over on Summer Game Fest Yep um wow so sure did This was a, a demo uh in Unreal Engine 5 running on a PlayStation 5 in real time um And the demo showed off a few new tools that um, that UE5 is like using Um, the pair of new technologies coming with Unreal Engine five are called Nanite and Lumen. Nanite is a tool that will virtualize geometry, which means it will automatically generate as much geometric detail as the eye can see the company said in a blog post and allows developers to diversify the geometry endlessly based diversify that geometry endlessly based on any source asset. That way, um, quote, film quality source art comprising hundreds of millions or billions of polygons can be imported directly into Unreal Engine. Anything from ZBrush scripts to photogrammet- photodrametri- photogrammetry scans to CAD data and it just works, the company says. Epics is the tool handles data streams and scaling in real time without a loss in quality. For developers, this will translate to extremely high detail environmental assets created with a much less time and resource intensive manual process.
2: Well, okay. One, and one thing I wanted to put that in perspective is like, um, in the current gen and previous gens, like you, uh, a lot of developers are working against, against a, um, an allotment, uh, of yes. polygons. So yep. you have, so a, you have, have a played, polygon like, budget and yeah, the, the more detail that you put into a scene the more the more polygons or triangles that you're dealing with, uh, whatever yeah. the case is, it, the this, more you
0: add, the less performance you get.
2: Right. so this technology basically. is basically turning that on its head like it the the possibilities are now infinite, and you yeah. can have like in the demo, they show one statue that literally has thousands of triangles involved in it. yeah um, exactly. like hundreds of thousands of triangles involved in it um yes it's, so it's i've been
0: this is interesting i've been taking some i'm still big dummy but i've been taking some unreal engine 4 courses on udemy and kind of learning about like um 3d art and environmental art and stuff and like the process usually goes based on what i've learned so far is typically you make your you make your high poly they call them high poly your high polys your your models in zbrush or maya whatever so like you make your character model right super highly detailed uh but then you have to get your low poly you like have to something called like normal normal mapping and you like have to open it up in like these other these other softwares to like essentially make it work within the game engine and like not use as many resources so you have a high quality version like your highest quality master you know your source right and then to get it into the game engine and run properly you have to make lower quality versions and like, you have to like texture it and unwrap it and like bake it. And there's like all these terms that I'm still learning about, but essentially it's this huge process to even get your models working in an engine and like running well. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a lot of those, like a lot of film to my understanding, a lot of like film and CGI uses those like high poly sources. Like they make it in ZBrush, they can just animate it and make it look as, as good as possible. Right. They don't have to worry about, lowering you know the yeah quality to essentially
2: they're only having to render it once while while you're actually yeah. playing it in real time in a game and you're rendering it as as the character moves or, or whatever the case yeah. is in a in yeah. a in a cinematic environment um you have lots more processing power so they could have a whole yeah. room full of of uh you know workstations that are crunching this stuff um, yeah, and they, they're only rendering it once, uh, you know, enough to actually, <laughs> uh, render it into the actual m- movie scene. And then it's done. Yeah. It d- doesn't yeah. have to be done again.
0: Yeah. So you can get a lot more bang for your buck <laughs> that way. Yeah. Um, and it looks way better, obviously. Yeah. And so this new Nanite technology, it's supposedly granted, keep in mind, like this is, this presentation was, was Epic marketing their engine to developers, right? And, you know, this looks super cool, but keep in mind, like, this is, like, a marketing video, pretty much. Um, But the it seems like the idea behind Neonite is that you can take those, you know, huge, you know, assets, like those super high-quality assets that have millions of, or even, they said, billions of polygons can be directly imported into Unreal Engine, cutting out a lot of the process of, like, baking it down and, or, you know, what, you know, the, the things that I'm trying to learn about, the, the thing that I just talked about, I don't want to talk about out of my butt again, but they're essentially like cutting out the middleman in this process, right? Like you no longer need to import, you know, these assets into another program to make them ready for game engine essentially. And you can just use that film quality source, put it in the unreal engine and it works and it looks great. Um, so it's pretty interesting. Uh, I am excited to see how that looks because number one, that'll like just make games look way better but also I think it'll make games to my understanding. I've been reading like some threads from developers and stuff. It'll make games more efficient to be made. Um, just like streamlining streamlining processes, that kind of thing. Um, and then Lumen is Epic's new dynamic global illumination tool. Uh, and Epic says it will work in real time for game development. The way, um, advanced computer generated graphics work for high quality animation and film production. Um, and then the the Epic representative said, quote, Artists and designers can create more dynamic scenes using lumen, for example, changing the sun angle for time of day, turning on a flashlight or blowing a hole in the ceiling and indirect lighting will adapt accordingly. Um, so it seems like it's just like really highly dynamic, um, lighting that you, that is super flexible and just like kind of works. Um, again, talking out of my butt, kind of, kind of feels like, I feel like back in the day, a lot of devs use unity for like, it's, unity had was like known for its physics system. Right. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of people using that and taking advantage of that. It seems like this is like doing for lighting, what unity's, some of unity's tools did for like physics. I'm talking out of my butt here again. Um, regardless, it's, it's it's exciting for game development, I think. Um, and I'm excited to see the results from this coming 2021. So we, we probably won't, be seeing the results as far as like consumer products goes for at least another few years. But, um, number one, I want that, whatever, like the demo, I want that to be the game. It reminded us like cool mixture of tomb Raider and Zelda and like Spyro <laughs> in some weird, funny ways. Um, looks very fun. So uncharted as well. A lot of cool vibes. Uh, I don't think there's plans for the demo to be a game though. Um, but it was still very cool to watch. Um, and I, and I I was, I was fascinated for sure. Um, and then, uh, up next on our news stories, um, is gonna be the last news story before we get into the topic of the show. Um, this is, this is wild. And I, I want Ian to be here. Um, and I really want Ian to, to understand what's happening here because I think he will, um, have some fun things to say. (laughs) Failed battle royale. This, this, this was made for you, Ian. Failed battle royale game returns with pay per match model. Oh, you'll, let's <laughs> fucking
1: go, dude. Let's go. I love this story. Keep going.
0: You'll get a you'll get to play a free match every day, but you'll have to pay for every additional match after. So, this is uh, the Culling Two. Uh, Brandon and I, Brandon, you and I played the Culling One together. Yeah, I think we got a, that was like one of the first games we got a code for back when we were early podcasting. Um, so yeah, the Culling uh is making its return to Xbox. Uh, I released a few months. I think it re- released actually in 2018 uh, and was pulled from the storefronts very, very quickly after because there was no one that was playing. I think it like released during uh, like Fortnite and PUBG, like around that time when those were like at an all time high and uh, obviously did not do well. So they, they pulled the game from shelves. Now it's coming back with a twist. Um, this is from Polygon a written by Julia Lee. Interesting twist. <laughs> Quote, new players who didn't own The Calling 2 prior to its release will have to pay $5.99 to get access to the game. After that, players will be able to play one match every day for free. Any matches after that will require tokens, which can be bought for money. Xaviont, the developer, will also add, quote, online match token packs along with passes that give unlimited access for a week or a month. All new players will get a one-day free trial for The Calling 2 so they can make a decision on whether or not to spend money on the game after trying it. Players who win their matches will also get a free match token as a reward so they can play another game for free. This business model is concerning, as matches in Battle Royale games can go one way or another very quickly. Paying money for a game or could end in seconds seems like an iffy thing to do. It's also a tough sell given that most popular games in the genre are, cosmetics and battle passes aside, fully free. <laughs> Uh, and then they reach out to the developer for comment and uh, obviously didn't get a response. Um, I for real so yeah, want
2: to I want to I want to I want to sit face to face with the guy that came up with this idea. Like, what do we do with our OK, with our failed okay, battle royale game?
1: What do we do with that? I <laughs> okay, know. But hear, but, but, hear, but hear me out, though. I, is there a way that you could spin this to make it an actually interesting game mechanic idea? Because hear me out. I'm listening. Are, to casino do, okay. game. <laughs> at its, no, I'm saying at its at its face, this idea is dumb as fuck. I'm just we're we're just gonna establish this. We're all on the same table here, okay? This is the reality. What can we think about beyond the reality? So you take the culling. Alex had a casino game. Well, I'm saying okay.
0: Let's say they what give if you, players had to bet money on the match in order. Well, to- Okay, play? no,
1: that that's another thing. Like, what if you're like, all right, I'm so confident in my ability that I can guarantee you that I will get top 10 in this 100-person game. You can bet X amount of money on your your match currency. And if you're right, not only do you get whatever amount of, you know, based on your win percentage, let's say, oh my God, that would be genius. Okay, let's say you're dog shit, right? You're very bad. You're like (laughs) me, right? But you're in a squad of three. The other two players are godlike. You bet on yourself personally that you're like, hey, I know my team is good. We're going to get top 10. But your win percentage you're like, uh, what is it? Like the the ponies or whatever. You know when you go to like the horse races and it's like this horse isn't very good. They have like a one in 100 yeah. chance or something. Yeah. And based off of if they win, you get a return based off of that percentage. So yeah. let's say your win percentage is your odds, we'll say. So yeah. if you pair up with people that are godlike and you're dog shit and you bet on yourself, you can get like, you can like game the system. It becomes like the fucking stock market essentially. Like that's interesting to me. And I don't think that, inherently having a battle royale game that has different mechanics right is bad and i think that if they could if they made it diegetic in the world right like let's say for example like it's i don't know anything about the calling but let's say let's compare it to apex for a second apex is in this weird hyper future world or whatever Wait, right? i can fill you so in like, real quick on the calling. Um, what is the story of the calling
2: it's basically like um smash wh- tv it's it's basically like uh what's the um what's the movie with uh, oh, I'm
0: thinking of uh Bloodsport.
2: Mocking No, Mocking Jay. What's what's the, Oh, Hunger it. Games. Hunger Games. It's basically like <laughs> Hunger Games.
0: <laughs> Brandon okay. the biggest the biggest Hunger Games fan. Dude, I, I love loved the name. Um
1: <laughs> you know, other uh, reference. Um So okay, so it's the Mocking Jay <laughs> shit. Okay, yeah. so hear me out. If that's the world, right? So then let's say in this world, if you win, then it's like a gladiatorial combat situation where like if you win, you're free. So in this weird, hyper-capitalistic, weird apocalypto future thing, you have to pay money to enter for your freedom, essentially. Like if they could make it part of the world and make it interesting and then like adjust it based off the thing. The only thing that I would change... I think that'd be fun if
0: you could... It would have to be a separate mode, but I think you'd have like the... Free casual play mode where you earn in-game currency. Um, like as you play. And oh yeah, the there ranked you go. mode. The yes. ranked yes. mode, you bet yes. that currency.
1: Yes, that's actually genius. Cause casual play, yeah, like do whatever you gain, like let's say 10 coins per per um per game, whatever, and there's like a multiplier based off of how well you do, but then uh it's like a hundred coin buy-in. Oh my god, can you imagine ranked apex or ranked Fortnite yeah. or whatever where you have to you have to go like essentially all in it's like a hundred dollar buy-in and if you win then you get all the the ranked coins from everyone you just played against and then that allows you to continue playing ranked and then maybe there's like oh my god then like it's like in league right where it's like you have like the prestige very dangerous
0: we're taking this to a dangerous level no somebody's but i'm saying to do this somebody's but gonna but, get addicted somebody's gonna die no of us on someone's podcast. gonna <laughs> die well no okay but
1: hear me out like People complain all the time about how there's no, like, um, skill-based rewards in competitive games, right? So let's say you have this ranked mode that you need 100 of these normal token coins to get into. That kind of, in a weird circular way, solves the problem for, like, cheaters and people who aren't taking the ranked mode seriously. Because you need to play, let's say, five games of normal to play ranked, right? And then that proves that you're playing to the best of your ability or at least investing time into the mechanics enough to become better right it's like you have to play five pickup games before you like or five practice games before your first ranked game or something then if you're winning and you're doing well consistently you have these ranked coins from everybody that you've beaten then you can spend those coins on a prestige skin or a skin that you can only get with a certain amount of ranked wins or ranked yeah. coins based off of your win like yeah. that to me like is a it, we took the broken, shitty system that they had and then made it into something that is like, I think, I mean, not too to our own horn here, but revolutionary.
0: We're the future. That's of what gaming. we do here at OK Beast. We 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 we, we revolutionize. We revolt. Well, I
1: don't want to burst
2: anybody's bubbles. <laughs> we revolt. But, but I, I honestly think that they've just taken a crappy game and decided that they're going to make a little money <laughs> off of it by charging
0: there's gotta be somebody out here that'll (laughs) pay for a match (laughs) but like we'll be making more money than we are right now (laughs) but brandon that's
1: the thing though bro is that like i agree with you that it is just a a a mindless cash grab but like if we had this idea literally in five minutes on a podcast like i'm sure that if like five devs in a room were like hey this game is dog dookie no one's playing it what if we implemented this new mode and this new currency idea and then that would be interesting at least and maybe the interesting part of it would entice people to play it
2: yeah you but I don't think
1: those people work at Xaviant. probably not <laughs> but or
2: or they work at Xaviant and I don't I don't want to downplay any any uh, really awesome devs that work at Xaviant they work at Xaviant and they they uh, nobody's listening to them so sorry sorry about that folks but Xaviant... Uh, This is going to nosedive quickly, I'm sure of it, and
0: uh, on to the next one. I, for one, am loading up my Xbox Store gift cards right now.
2: (laughs) I am not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot, dude. So good. Um, Well, let's get into the topic of the show, which is going to be Ghosts of Tsushima. Uh, The state of play was today, Mm -hmm. and oh, boy... Man. Number one, I learned a lot more about this game maybe I wasn't paying attention before nope I was hyped about this game uh, but now I am way more hyped. I am so excited for this game and I know Brandon they haven't given you enough details probably...
2: of this game and this this like totally quenched my thirst and it, yeah. it it gave me like the the tidbits that they've given up until this point it's kind of hard to see like how's this gonna play what's it gonna look like? Like we all knew that it was going to be gorgeous. Like it was going to look really good, but you know, how, how was everything going to interact together? And yeah, this, this, uh, this kind of flipped it, flipped it up. It was pretty sweet.
0: Yeah. So let's get into this. I wrote down some notes as I was watching. Um, what, I'm sorry. You I just mean, gasped.
1: I gasped because I was looking up ghost of Tsushima stuff. Cause I've been trying to keep this off my radar like, games that I really like, I would much rather know next to nothing about. Um, and I've been, I guess, like, subconsciously trying to avoid this game at the behest of, like, trying to go into it fresh. But I just saw online that they have a black and white, grainy Kurosawa yep. vision mode. Yep. And I, I, t- I am officially that no longer looking at anything for this game. I am done. You'll, n- I'm not looking at any cinematics. I'm not looking at any- Every, I'm going to take my headphones off for this next part. I don't want to know shit about this game. That's it. Well, did you
2: did you read the
1: other part about that? Did you look at that
2: tweet that I sent? That talks the about black the black and, and white one? mode?
1: Yeah. I, all I saw was a, just a black and white picture. I, I don't know if you know this, but I don't read text. I only look at the pictures. Well, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm just going to give you a little extra tidbit, and then I won't tell you tell anything me. else about this tell me, game at all. tell me, tell me, me tell me, tell me. During the black and white mode, it's the... <gasps> Oh, no. I read I read the, the attached text to the picture that Brandon sent us. Oh, no, dude. They're 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 bringing me back in, boys. Oh, no. Yeah. So
2: during the black and white, you have the option of like it's entirely in Japanese.
0: Fuck. And the the main character is voiced by I think I, you already know this, Ian, but. The main character is voiced by Kazuya Nakai. Nakai, Possibly, he plays yeah. like he plays uh, Zoro in One Piece. Yeah, yeah. F- I,
1: thought this, I thought that I thought you were saying the English voice actor. I was like, I don't give a shit about the English voice actor of Zoro. And then I didn't realize this was the guy you were saying in the Japanese voice. Right? Yes.
0: Yeah. In oh voice no.
1: Voice. Oh, this is just the shut up weebs mode. It's like, <laughs> don't ask us for anything else, you fucking weebs. Pre order the game now. Pre order the game now, you fucking. Like, everyone, you see, like, a bunch of dudes in face masks with, like, One Piece t shirts throwing Japanese yen at an English speaking spot <laughs> or GameStop.
0: They're like, just take it, take my yen. So, God. the a lot of this game was, like, just ambient gameplay, like, just watching people play the game. that's, I actually really appreciated that. Um, but, like, they had little tool tips and, like, little lower thirds, like, popping up throughout the stream explaining what was happening. The big thing for me that sold me on this was the, they call it the guiding wind. And essentially there's wind that blows like visible wind that blows. And it tells you like where to go. Like, and you can
2: call the wind as well. So
0: yeah. So like similar to like shadow of the Colossus, if you wanted to know where you're supposed to go, you would raise your sword up in the air and like this light would shine where you're supposed to go. In this game, you can call the wind to guide you to your next like point of interest or big location. And like that way you don't have to like fiddle with, I mean, there is a map, but you can just like kind of like follow the wind and just kind of like get into the game and explore versus, you know, having this giant, you know, waypoint on the screen or or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, So I'm stoked about that. They were talking a lot about like rewarding exploration and how like animals will come up to your character and like uh, try to get your attention to like, yeah, like the Fox, To try to like show you like secrets around the map and and, or unknown locations. Um, And I I have
1: a question, I have a question actually in relation to the fox thing. Yeah. So like I've said before, I've been trying to stay (laughs) separate from this game. I thought you were going to say, what's the fox say? Hey, Alex, real quick. I got a question for you. Just cut the past thing out. Alex, really, really quick question. Uh, What does the fox say? I don't remember. Yeah, cut it, all so. this out. Just cut, out. just cut the whole, <laughs> cut the last forty-five <laughs> minutes of the podcast <laughs> out. We'll do it over. Um, so anyway, my real question was: um, How mystical does this game get? Are we talking like Legend of Zelda type shit, where like the the fox talks to you, like the fantastic Mister Fox, and like leads you to like
0: a Neo style like it's shrine more or something? A or? Snow White situation, where With well, I guess Snow White has like witches and dwarves, so maybe not. You know like Snow White was just like friends with the with the animals and like yeah. she they would just like kind of be with her and like take her places and show her yeah. things but yeah. there wasn't like a conversation happening like in Cinderella. Okay. That that's this level of animal interaction I think. But like Based it, in reality but some sort of like attunement.
1: Okay, but like is there any mention of like Japanese kami because like the fox is a Not well, a I know guardian the fox spirit in the in the video whatever.
0: the fox led him to a fox shrine.
1: Yeah, cuz um, so like in in um in Kyoto, there's tons of these like shrines that have foxes as their foxes. main guardian. You deity used to post photos. Whatever. I remember this. Yeah,
0: I did. Yeah, and and the like, fox is like really deep in like Japanese uh, lore. Correct. Or, like, exactly.
1: Yeah, like the yeah. fox is like essentially the if we're using native. Like there isn't really American animal lore, but like actually maybe Paul Bunyan or whatever the bull or whatever, <laughs> and I guess uh, like the bull, the American bald eagle, like. Stuff that's attached to and
0: like apples. He's not an
1: animal, bro. That's an animal or that's an apple. No, um, there's probably
0: a beaver or something, right? Maybe. That story. Like, well, Japan has <laughs> that's tons that's of animals that are directly tied to The like, beaver seems like a very spirit. American animal. That was, it's Mrs. Canadian, bro. It's Canadian. Oh, true, yeah. um, Sorry, Canadians. <laughs>
1: but anyway, so Japanese, Japan it, with Shintoism and these older religions have more of a deeper connection to animals and their representation in, this, in that culture. And yeah. foxes are a huge... Icon In the Shinto culture So I was curious to see like Yeah, the fox leads him to a shrine And then is that supposed to represent some sort of like Abstraction of Communing with a Shinto god Are they gonna, like how deep in The realistic lore are we gonna get We already have animals leading you to places Like how mystical am I gonna, am I gonna be talking to god At one point, or a god, or a maderasu Or um, Tsukiyomi Or or one of these people, or
0: No idea (laughs) Okay, cool, but But it kind of seems like, actually, what is this? No, that's like a, I'm looking at screenshots and it looked like there was like more of a mystical looking enemy, but I think it's just like the shadows looking weird. Right now it seems pretty, um, pretty like set in like realism as far as that stuff goes. But with like, you know, you know, more hints to like, you know, supernatural things. Um, But, but yeah, that's, that's, that seems to be the setting right now. Who knows? Like, didn't one of the Assassin's Creed do that? And then it was just like, there's a giant god here you have to fight with, like, lightning fists. Like, wasn't that a thing in Assassin's Creed at one point?
1: Yeah, but, like, a lot of the Assassin's Creed mystical shit is, like... It's,
0: like, alien Aliens. aliens. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? This game could totally, like, do that, like, late game. You never know. Um, but, yeah, so uh, the wind guiding you is really cool and, um, like, you know, typical, like, if you see smoke in the distance, oh, that means there's something there you can go check it out and find something. Um, What I didn't realize, and this is where I don't think I was paying attention, is that you can play the game as, like, a samurai or as the ghost. And the ghost is, like, this persona that is, like, steeped in um, superstition and, like, fear. And if you play as, like, the ghost identity, like, it's very much more, like, a stealth approach to the game.
1: Okay. Um, And, like, people are scared of you.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, Or you can play as, like, a samurai and, like, you are very much, like fighting fights, honorably like standing up, standing off against somebody, like waiting for them to approach, like very much more in your face and like, uh, more like samurai, um, versus like this, like Tenchu style stealth game. Um, so I'm so, I don't know how that, it seems like based on, they were talking about in the demo, they're talking about like customization options and like collecting flowers to like dye your clothes and, and like upgrading your charms. And when they were talking about upgrading charms, they mentioned like, customizing your character and i assume this is where i assume there's like talent trees or, or like customization trees where you like you know put points into samurai you put points into ghost and i yeah. assume that's how that works similar yeah. to like a, a modern day assassin's creed um or like a skyrim you know you've got like these these skill trees and you are customizing your character within those parameters and the more points that you put into that you know that skill tree um the the more you are you know they also said that that
2: your armor and equipment would contribute to your abilities as well so
0: oh that's cool obviously
2: for like um action RPG, so rpg elements action rpgs like witcher or something like that you're you're gonna have you're gonna have armor that has special abilities and so forth so this is kind of along that same lines
0: yeah that makes sense so all of these details has me way more interested in Ghost of Tsushima, and I think I, I always thought it looked cool. Um, they kind of showcase more of the combat, and the the combat was what I was not as interested in. But there is there seems to be this interesting like waiting game where like you're like timing your strike when you're playing a samurai, you're like waiting for them to attack you, and like there's like an opening wherein you press your button and kill them in one shot. Like
2: and there's different to be, like, stances inter- too, so.
0: Yeah, that's super you.
2: intriguing to me.
0: We all know I'm just gonna play this game like a stealth game, which is fine. Um, but yeah, like the the freedom to play as how you want, that agency is really kind of pulling me into this game, and the focus on exploration, especially, is really like making me excited for Ghost of Tsushima. Um, and then I saw I was I was just watching, like I wrote down some notes as I I said grappling hook traversal exclamation point. That's very exciting. Uh, you can get up high, especially like during the I think that was showcased during the stealth segments was that the char- Jin, the character had like a grappling hook to get up high. Um, and then that's pretty much the stuff I wrote down besides like customization, there's a photo mode and we talked about the, photo the mode, cinema mode.
2: Yeah, the photo mode, you can actually do videos as well and you can yeah. you can put like music and stuff in the background, so it's it's like next level robust. Uh, compared what to what I
0: love is that you can have these like stills these still images and then have moving particles uh and you see these kind of things that, like these you see this on instagram but it looks way cheesier like people will like take a, a still photo and like add like effects over it in the game it looks rad because it's like oh this is a still of me riding on horseback through this like um you know rice paddy and then like you can add in like effects of like bamboo leaves like moving or like Ooh. butterflies or whatever. like It looks really cool. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of cool content creation around Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, and I, I am very excited. So Game Looks Rad, it has shot up on my list of things I want to play. I was kind of like, I was probably going to play it before. Now I am like day one going to play this game. Um, and very much looking forward to it. So good times indeed for, uh, for stealth fans, for people who love... Japanese cinema. It's gonna be a good game, man. I'm excited. For weebs. Just say. For weebs. Weebs. Ultimately for weebs. Mm -hmm. Um so that's goes to Tsushima. Uh anything else, Brandon, you wanna say? I know you're I know you're hyped on this game, man.
2: I am like this was like number two after cyberpunk for me. Um, but this is I, I it's probably side by side with cyberpunk now. I don't know if I could Like I'm super excited. I'm glad that I'm going to get to play this kind of leading up to cyberpunk. So this will, this will give me time to like just sit down and enjoy it. I, I still, you know, I have a couple other games that I really want to finish up before I get to that point. So, you know, the fact that it's, that it's launching in July is, is absolutely phenomenal. So I'm, I'm excited.
0: Me too. Um, well, let's get into the listener questions. Uh, of course, if you want to be a part of the show, hit us up on Twitter. Our email is hello at okbeast.com hello. to be a part of the show. Hello. Hello. Uh, first question comes from Eduardo Santana, the homie. Ed asks, any wishes for the next announcements coming this summer? 3D Mario Collection, Mass Effect Trilogy remastered, Tetris remastered, the blocks are back? Question <laughs> mark. Um, so any, any big game announcements we're hope, hoping for? Brandon, I'll go to you first.
2: Uh, I don't really know. Like I I've been thoroughly pleased on the stuff that's been announced so far. Like the yeah. uh and even the even like the the stealth drop of the um Streets of Rage. Uh I like I'm I've been really happy with this year in, from a gaming perspective. <laughs> this year's kind of sucked otherwise, but uh from a gaming perspective, I I'm been really happy um bad for the
1: world good for gamers we say that yeah i am very
2: interested to see what comes next for the like if if this paper mario thing means that the other piece of that is true like the remasters from the um from nintendo uh if that if this means that that is also coming i'm interested to see what uh which games that that officially means yeah um but yeah, I've I wanted to play Paper Mario for, for the longest time and uh I'm looking forward to the opportunity to do that as well. So this is um this is gonna be it's gonna be a solid year, fellas.
0: I know. And we've got next gen looming. I'm kinda What do I want? Splinter Cell? I mean that's what I want. Um But yeah, I'd we've, love to see like we've some sixty four games come to the Switch. Both of us. We have like I just give me Spies versus Mercs, please. Even a remaster man. Just let me play those games again. Cause there's no real way for me to play those modes really anymore. Um it kinda had a small resurgence when the games came to Xbox Live. Uh, but that was that was very little. Um and it wasn't even like the the games that I was truly interested in. But I mean I took what I could get, you know what I mean? So <laughs> curious to see what Ubisoft has to show off in terms of Watchdog's Legion. That looks like it could be very much my kind of mm. game. Sure. With the all of the systems of like taking over NPCs and stuff like that seems super interesting. I hope that that game delivers an experience that requires you to um, to use to use those capabilities because I'm and I know there's like permadeath and stuff. So my worry is that like that will be underplayed, but it doesn't seem like it is so far. But I hope that game delivers something cool and new for for those sorts of games. Um, Ian, anything that you want to see from from announcements coming this summer um
1: i don't know man I, i'm i'm kind of i'm i'm in the same camp as brandon like you know i think we as gamers we're winning we don't deserve it we are definitely god's mistake but we truly are winning you know we got anthony uncle anthony bringing games to the to the barbecue we got ghosts of tsushima coming out with the weeb weeb only mode i think we're we're just hitting it all, all cylinders i'm pretty right content
0: now. Yeah, I'm pretty content right now.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh,
0: I've got too much to play as it yeah. is. Maybe so, new
1: Pokemon. On, I don't know. Like, sure. Yeah. Like, oh I, no, the Pokemon on, DLC ooh. is coming out in the summer, right? Like, isn't it in June? Yeah. The Isle of Armor. I'd love is coming to see out.
0: gold and silver make their way to Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're doing Diamond they and Pearlbex, possibly. I'm pretty sure. Because I know they did. They brought those to 3DS, but none of that ever came. Yeah, ago. hard gold, soul silver. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like a thing that needs to happen, but mm. uh, I'll be patient. Um Thank you for the question, Ed. Last question for today, actually. We've got a short listener question. Everyone's busy. Everyone's watching uh, Cowards. State of Play and stuff like that. Cowards. Cowards, all of you. Ryan Othman asks. Hey, the, the homie. Old Paper Mario games have a unique take on turn-based combat. Also, real quick, just want to say thank you, Ryan Othman. I, thank you for helping me move this weekend. Could not have moved to my new place without Ryan. The homie. Uh, Ryan. He stepped in when I had nobody else to, uh, to help. Uh, cause everything got messed up by, by the pandemic, all my plans. And, uh, he was a, a very good friend and come help me move. Um, and I appreciate that. Uh, I just want to give him a shout out here. Um, Ryan asks, old paper Mario games have a unique take on turn-based combat by adding timing button presses to boost attacks. This is by far my favorite RPG combat system. What is your favorite? Soulsborne action, traditional turn-based active time battle strategy, question mark. Ian, what are some of your favorite yeah. RPG combat systems?
1: Um, I love, I love what Ryan said because I think that adding an active element to a non-active game game style is very cool. And I think that it yeah. definitely spices it up. Um, I like the job system in Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced. Uh, I think that it it the way that it works is that whatever weapon you're holding increases and like how much damage you do gives you points into that stat job or that job's stat. So anyone can be any class they wanted. You just needed to hold a certain weapon. I think that's a pretty cool thing. But if we're turning, if we're talking about like actively engaging in combat, uh, I like the stick up mechanic in Persona Five. That's a good one. Uh, where if you knock all of the enemies down using their associated weakness, then you surround them with all your grouped characters and you point guns at them, and they're like essentially put the money in the bag, and you. Um, can either convince those demons to join your party, you can take money from them, get items from them. It's a very cool mechanic. Um, and then the last one I'll say that's very fun and kind of a meme answer is uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, uh, the demonic <laughs> weed smoke that came to kill you, and you had to hold a lantern to protect you from it.
0: <laughs> Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, my answer is from Child of Light. I um, the going to say Childish of Gambino. Is, Gambino. I was like, what? Ch- Child of Light has a rad combat system, so everyone... Um, in the game, so it's turn-based, but every character, including enemies in the game have their own, um, timeline that they're working on. And so they're the timeline, think of like this rectangular bar across the bottom of the screen. Uh, 70% of that bar is, uh, called like the, the wait section W A I T. So they're waiting for their turn. And then the last chunk of that bar is the cast part. And so on this, along this bar, all these little character icons moving at their own pace across the so like the main character could be in her wait her wait timeline while the enemy is on their cast and so if you hit the enemy while they're there's like um there's like this little blue orb is like your companion in the game and so throughout the match like uh while you're waiting for these turns to happen you can also i think with like, with like the right stick you can control this little orb and like as the match goes on as the combat goes on the battle You can go collect items that come up um, while you're waiting for your turn. And then you can also interrupt uh, enemies that are in their casting phase. So when an enemy gets like in their casting phase, if you miss, they hit you. But if you interrupt them um, with your companion, then they get pushed back the timeline and they're back in their waiting phase. And so you can like, it's this weird, super weird, um, like time based turn time slash turn based combat system that's super unique, but works so well in that game. I haven't played it in a minute, so I'm a little fuzzy on all the details. I apologize, but uh, if you want an awesome RPG combat system, go play Child of Light. I, that's like the only RPG I've ever 100 percented, um, and uh, it's fantastic. So go play that game. It's on Switch. It's on PSP. No, not PSP. Freaking <laughs> PS Vita uh, and most of the home consoles. So I love that game so much. First, uh, a Brandon, couple seconds, Giovo- I
1: thought I thought you first. I thought you said Child Gambino. Then I thought you said Child is White, and I was like. Yes, Alex, you are white.
0: Child of Light. There you go. Uh, Brandon, do you have a favorite RPG combat system? Well, uh, I
2: mean, I I guess I'm a basic bitch, but uh, I I really like action RPGs, and most of those Mm -hmm. are are fairly similar. I will say, though, which is kind of like an offshoot of the combat system, I will say that in Star Wars Galaxies, uh, which is actually an MMO, but um, the in the early days of Star Wars Galaxies, the the actual crafting came heavily into play in the combat system as well because um, all of or most of the really good weapons were all player crafted, and there could be based on the materials that you farmed, there could be a wide range of of stats um so you could have a particularly a particularly good weaponsmith uh get some very good uh materials and craft like a phenomenal weapon and you could be up against somebody that doesn't have quite as good of a weapon um yeah. so that always came into play as well and i you know everybody knows me that i'm i'm into crafting and building and that sort of thing and um that that uh, play, played a huge role for me when, when I played that game back in the day.
0: That's dope. I like that. Well, that's going to do it for the show this week. Of course, follow Brandon on Twitter at RebelRed6. All spelled out. Follow Ian at Ian Why Not And follow me at it's Van Aiken, uh on Twitter and Twitch. And don't forget, follow OKBeast OK at OKBeastNow OK on social media. A review. Subscribe to the show on iTunes. You can listen on Spotify. Share the show with a friend. We're available on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget, you can get the show early every single week and support us in the process by going to Patreon.com/slash OKBeast. Guys, this was episode one eighty nine. Geez, we're almost to two hundred. Episode one eighty nine. Say goodbye to the people.
1: Goodbye, people. All right. So see, here's the thing. Sephiroth is actually you, the player. You're the player surrogate. You're Sephiroth. You have to look inside of yourself and see if you're the huge materia. And that's Final Fantasy.